Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers. I'm your host, Andrew Froning. Today, I'm here with director, writer, actor, Christopher Arangio. Round of applause. He uh, won Best Actor and Best New Jersey Short Film for his film, Little Did She Know. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. Uh, that's a really good introduction. Uh, like, maybe I could just bring you around and could always introduce me like that. And I won this. I won that. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'll be your hype man. No worries. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks for having <laughs> me on, though. Yeah, thanks for being here. So um, what I want to do with this show is really just go in-depth on topics. You are a triple threat. You're a director. You're a writer. You're an actor. And you've won awards for pretty much collectively all of these things um i'd like to start with directing mm -hmm. um how do you approach a project um well i guess once the script's completed i i um i get a lot of influences from some of my favorite movies and some of my favorite directors and you hear and and some of those favorite directors aren't you know aren't like i love scorsese but some of my favorite directors could be some of my buddies like you or jessica mealy or you know other directors i've had the fortune of working with when i was living in florida and when i moved back up here and um as cliche as it sounds every time you're on set and if you want to be a director but you're on set as a pa or ad or even as an actor, you watch how that director works. Um, my process is, I, I don't really think I have a process, honestly. I i think I just, I'm very anal about stuff, and the more I've been doing this, the more I guess I'm trying to be a perfectionist. Like, you and I have worked together on a few projects, and I think we've worked, and they've been pretty successful because... <clears throat> we want like you kind of counterbalance how like I want like five, six, seven, eight takes and you're like, well, I think we could do this in three or four takes. And I think there's a lot of give and take there. And I think that's also a good thing for a director. You need to trust your crew, um, especially with a project like, um, like uh, little did she know I wrote, directed and acted in it. And I needed those outside forces to, tell me like this is good or this doesn't work um so i just try to be you know long story short i really try to be just you got to be open and you got to be willing to collaborate and open to suggestions because everyone on set in their own little way or their own little department is kind of a director and sees something from a different point of view that you might not see Right. Uh, one of the things I learned um, after a while, you know, this does not come easily, is that you bring people aboard because of what they can contribute. You know, you're yeah. not bringing people to be action figures. Mm -hmm. um, you're not bringing crew to just stand there and do what you say. You are very much the director. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term, you want to take good talent and you want to push it in a direction. 
And yeah, I, once you have those people, you just got to trust trust in them that you, know, you got to let them do their thing. Yeah, I learned something very hard in college. I wanted to make my senior thesis film with my friends instead of an actual crew. <laughs> so you bring your friends on as X, as, as DP, as, as the audio, as AD, and they're just your friends. They're not... <laughs> professionals as as like if you meet someone at a film festival or networking event i and they are they specialize in producing directing writing you bring them on for that and then that's how a friendship grows i met you through a a short film screening and we developed a friendship but i think we've only gotten closer because we've worked on stuff together you've casted me in some of your projects i've hired you for you know, music video, short film. And we built that trust through that, through that, those projects. And that's, I think, a lot, I think directing, um, a lot of it goes into hiring your crew and casting the right person for the right role. I think right. that's heavily in directing. A lot of people want to say directing on set. Yes, that is... You know, that is the bread and butter. That's what a lot of people think. But I think casting and picking your right team is is essential in becoming a, a good director on any level. I'm I, like you said, we're indie we're indie filmmakers. So we're known for, oh, we have 300 to 500 bucks. If that, how can we make a short film? <laughs> right, right. Deep pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... um. No, you're definitely right in that being involved, not just at production, not just having a script, reading it, and then a month later showing up. That's that's not how it works. Um, It's You have to be so involved in pre-production and post-production because essentially when someone, say it's not your script, someone hires you because of what they've seen you do, how, how you have created and made certain emotions or certain whatever you're good at Uh they will hire you to sort of do the same thing you know and my chair keeps sliding down this is going to be a recurring joke (laughs) i'm tall again um (laughs) so i guess what i'm trying to say is um there's something that you do really well even if you don't know exactly what it is you know it could it will just it'll be different for everyone mm-hmm. who explains it to you and what you're really doing is putting your take on a screenplay yeah you know you've got you've got the vision for it and it may be different than what the writer had in mind it may it's going to be different than what the actors have in mind at times so how do you reconcile that when you're having these conversations with the cast and crew? That's a that's a pretty that's a really good question cuz lately the projects I've been doing and even going forward and I don't know if it's an ego thing or if it's a control freak thing but I've been like the, at the helm of like the I've been the writer, the director, and I've wanted to act in it, not be the star per se, but I've wanted to act in it. And I think you you are able to 
be a little bit different person in each of those roles. As a writer, you're very, very creative and you get to create this world. But as a director, it's more, it's more um, realistic. You know, you what's what's the most realistic thing we can do, and the most realistic thing that can happen with the things that are offered to us. And the last few projects where I've done that, like I said, you've been a director of photography. I've had my friend Devin be AD, and you guys have kind of wrangled me back. Like it's good that, like I said, it's good to have those crews. But um, when you're directing and and acting in it, um, I get a lot of um, feedback from my co stars or my my co-cast members and i'm very open to like read it let me know what you think of the character and if you have any suggestions please don't be afraid to bring them up to me and we'll discuss if it works out or not um so i i i really enjoy that whole pro i think you could tell if you're going to mesh with someone really well if you, you know as a director you say hey come to me with anything that you think is good, whether it be DP, um, AD, or cast, and they come at you with like something that exponentially helped out the project. Like, mm -hmm. for example, really quickly, there's a scene in Little Did She Know, um, spoiler alerts, I apologize, but they go to visit someone. Uh, I won't spoil it too much. There's a scene where they go visit someone, um, and this character is supposed to be a little flamboyant will you say so the first two takes the character the actor played flamboyant very well and i remember you coming to me andrew and saying why doesn't he just act like a normal guy like like not like why doesn't he just read it as is and just for an extra take and that's something i never thought about because i was so like oh i need to make this character this way for this story to go this way <laughs> um but it's you know, some things are explained through the dialogue, so you don't need to be too much. And I say all this because that's the relationship you and I have. You feel comfortable enough to be like, hey, I think we should try it this way. We have enough time. You go on some sets and there's not that relationship there. So um, for directing, I, I think having a really good relationship with everyone is so important. And not to act like you're holier than thou or high or on your pedestal because you need these relationships for a film to succeed, in my opinion. And I think you definitely learn that more over time. I know my first film in college, I, I had what I wanted in my head, and it was it was difficult when I wasn't getting the response that I wanted from the actors or if mm -hmm. the rhythm was off and, you know, I didn't quite know why. Was it and because they didn't care or is it, or what was it? No, no. I think it was just that I was a young filmmaker and oh, I just slid down again. Um, I was a young filmmaker and I didn't know how the process worked. And in fact, you, they say you write a movie three times as a writer in mm -hmm. production and in editing in post-production so I wasn't maybe aware that the film evolves as much as it did you know I wanted the idea I had in my head put to paper shot on film or digital and then the edited product to be exactly what the idea was in my head and it's just 
it's not how it works. I mean, yeah. if, if I have any advice for young filmmakers, it's um, take risks, be open. You know, um, what you have in your head won't be what comes on screen. You know, there there's going to be... Not all the time. Not, not all, all the time. There are going to be elements, but never 100%. And you have to but be also, okay with yeah. that. Yeah, be, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, be be happy. Be 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 happy with what you have, and and also be happy that, like there like, there was a moment. And I hate admitting this because it just shows how much of a, a crybaby I am. But Juicy after details. after after we after we shot Little Did You Know, we shot sixteen pages in two days, and it it was with some of my good friends. But at the end of all of it, everyone on set like. I still talk to like we're still good friends. I sat there, I was like, man, in like two, three, like I've been wanting to make this idea for two years and it came to fruition. I sat there and I cried a little bit because I was so happy, but also like, damn, like I just spent like the last 48 hours with these guys and now I got to go back to reality and it stinks. But that's what I'm saying. Like just enjoy, like enjoy every moment, every moment you have, whether you become a famous filmmaker or you stick it with the indie world and, you just enjoy every little project for better or for worse because it's just it's it's just fun it's it's just it's a lot of fun when you when it comes out to it. the worst project i ever been on i still take away fun moments from that so you learn every time you know yeah. it, even oh, yeah. if no matter how old you are yeah no matter how good it was you know the, it could yeah. be a great film but you see something that oh i could have done better but next time you do better or it, it, for me personally I thought shooting in a park would be perfect, and it wasn't. <laughs> so it, you learn, like you say, you maybe you learn, like, all right, don't be so stubborn next time, and why don't you think of an alternate place to film this? You know, so or you know, don't take, you know, shooting in a park to me sometimes is the easy way out. That's how I look at it when I want a scene. I'll like let's just shoot in a nice park, mm. but unless if you have like permits to shut down the park, it's always going to be noisy. It's always going to sure. be um, a hassle. So. You know, you learn a lot too as a director. Every project you learn. If you don't learn something, then that's not that's just bad. Then I, I think you're not doing something right. Could be. I think the important takeaway is don't be precious. Yeah. You know, don't be precious about. You know, I want this to be exactly this way. I want this to be exactly this way. Be open to your other cast and crew members contributions because mm -hmm. they your brain is running a thousand different things at once especially if you're wearing multiple hats yeah so somebody else is going to bring an idea and don't just you know if you're new don't just shut it down mm -hmm. first thing you know take a second you, yeah, you're allowed you're allowed to be quiet you're allowed to sit and think you know but do this if it you know means don't talk <laughs> i'm thinking um but yeah, a movie doesn't stay the same. It's always evolving, and once you finish it, um, I'm sure you still want to change stuff. You know, George Lucas does it like every five years. Now, Chris, you're a writer as well as a director and actor. Um, give us a tip on writing. Right? No, I'm kidding. Um, just write. Just do just it. Just write. No, what are you waiting I, for? Um, so. <laughs> Long story short, like my family is full of 
creative people. My dad does stand up and he always told me, bring a notepad with you wherever you go. You're not going to remember it. And I was like, oh, what do you know, old man? I, my memory is a steel kit. But he's right. <laughs> bring everything. Like bring a notebook. You have your phone. Go into notes. Write something down. Because if you were a writer, and if I'm speaking to the writers here, they know you're always people watching. You're always observing. Always. I observe at work. I observe when I go to the grocery store. I observe when I go to the bank or when I go out to eat. Because as much as you may not realize it, there's always something ridiculous going on, whether it's funny, whether it's people fighting, or you just overhear conversations. Now, I don't eavesdrop. I don't, I don't stare at people and, 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 like, and make it obvious. But some people are talking about some ridiculous stuff out there that has led to a scene and then eventually a script. So I would just say just if you're a writer and you need a tip for writing, just always be ready. And your favorite weapon of choice, a pad and a pen, honestly. Like sure. you're always like – like it, it, I don't know. Like it's, it's funny. Like you know, I know a few people who do stand-up and you just watch out what you say around them because it, will, it might end up in their bit. And even like as a writer, dude, like you – you hear something funny or you just hear something crazy and you, obviously you can't use people's real names and stuff like that, but the idea is just ridiculous. It's It might work for an idea of yours. Truth so. is stranger than fiction. Exactly. Like, and it's We're in the pandemic great. right now. Who, who would have thought? I often find it hard to write because just this situation is so much weirder than anything I would have ever put to paper. But um, yeah. I, when I'm outside and, you know, when there, when there were people walking around, um, I have Google Docs on my phone and I just make a quick, you know, quick document, jot something down. I may never yeah. come back to it, but, you know, at least I have the, <clears throat> the act of writing it down will, I think, help reinforce more than just thinking of something. Like <laughs> my wife said, oh, yeah, this weird weird dream it kept me up i don't remember what it was <laughs> yeah yeah and that's, yeah you gotta write it down yeah exactly but that's what it is and and you i've had i've my writing uh professor in college she said every time she had a dream she had a note she had a notebook and a pen by her bedside just in case because you wake up and you remember it and some dreams are so vivid that i remember but other times it's just like man i had a lot of weird images in my head and I didn't know what they mean, and now I can't remember. Sure. Um, but, yeah. Um, so you have written some comedy. Are you typically comedy? You do a little bit of drama? Um, I, there's been a weird flux in my life because I've always loved comedy. Like, I grew up, my parents showing me all Mel Brooks movies, and I in college <clears throat> I tried to, like, help my buddies – write a little bit like like fake like CSI spoofs because hmm. they're so ridiculous and my first short film is like a comedy set in a zombie apocalypse my senior thesis film was a comedy but I don't know what transitioned um, maybe it's more personal reasons that I don't know about yet but I, I started doing a little bit more dramatic pieces and um, little did you know I think is a mixture of like serious tones but like Here's a dash of a, a comedic timing or a comedic line or all that. But um, during, I don't know about you, during this pandemic, 
Um, I've been, my mind's been clear. I have been working from home and it's been draining, but I've written two short films in that, in a matter of time, one, six pages, one, 16 pages and they're comedies. And I hopefully have another comedic short film coming out soon with my buddy who I, I do a podcast with. So within the last year, I've been forcing myself to get back to writing comedy because not everything has to be so serious, but some of my favorite shows are serious, but then I like Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, all-time favorite shows, and they're just they're genius to me. So I think it depends on the month, it depends on the year, uh, but mainly I do try and go for comedy because I think now more than ever people need stuff like that. I think that, yeah, they always do, but now more than ever for sure with all the stress that's yeah. involved. You know, I, I always find um, if I'm feeling like super stressed. Um, then I turn to something funny, you know, just yeah. to forget about it. So it plays an important uh, role, um, that part of entertainment in exactly. society yeah. and people's lives. Um, talk about how you're writing, what you want people to take away from it. What's the ultimate goal? Because I know you've got a message behind what you write. You know, it's not just to make children giggle. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a man. That's a really good question, um, and one I've never really been asked before. If I'm being honest, because um, when you send scripts to people, they're just like, "Oh, I like it," or "Oh, this could be worked on." They're never like, "Why do you write?" You know. Um, and I, I always wonder. Like, I, I think deep down, like I don't know. I just don't want to sound silly or or, or whatever, but. Deep down, I think I just enjoy entertaining people. Like if I'm in a group, in a group setting with people, and I and I know the people in the group, I know like what I can say and can't say, like jokes wise. So I like I always like joking around, and I think screenwriting is creating a story, which eventually is a movie, to entertain people. Mm. So I think writing, I'm able to kind of get things down on paper. That I that I that just interests me, and I know that sounds probably uh, selfish, but I just, you know, with certain projects, like I just this idea is in my head, and I would like to see how these characters deal with it. Um, my recent script I wrote, it's about a guy trying to get his hooded sweatshirt back from his ex, and I feel like all of us, and it's a, it's a ridiculous comedy, and I feel like all of us have been there before where we've given someone to something um give something to someone and then either you never get it back whether you're friends with them or dating them and you're just like i really should have done that so it's just like and it's stupid stuff too like you yeah, know you actually, can always yeah, get another yeah, hoodie buy another hoodie for 20 bucks but no i need but that it's like one. the principle that, of it too exactly, like okay exactly. so yeah we're talking about your your true life experiences, you know, even if it wasn't a sweatshirt, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, I always find that something works a lot better when there is a, a real grain of truth in it. When you're writing about something that you've experienced, so don't people say every joke has has some truth in it? If you're joking with someone, a, a wife, a girlfriend, a friend, and you throw that little like, you throw that little snide joke in there. There's still a little bit of truth to that. <laughs> so, Chris, you write, direct, act, not always at the same time, I imagine. No. No, I um, I did it once. 
and it's probably the only time I will do it. Uh, it's just a lot of hats to wear, and you know, I've had friends ask me what's ultimately what do you want to do, and writing and acting is that. I love both of them equally. Um, I will never shy away from directing. If you or someone was like, hey, can you come on in and direct an episode of this web series or this short, I would, if I like the script and if I think I am right for it, I will definitely do it. But to do all three is very challenging. And, you know, I, I love challenging myself, but I know that something hurt that specific project because I did all three. And, the, you know, writing is very personal by yourself or with uh, someone else, but directing and acting at the same time, it's tough, in, in my opinion. Um, and I think I pulled it off well, but I think the project lacked something um, because I did both. So I think, you know, if I want that project to become a feature, I would need to, I would want to find a director. Um, and moving forward for other, like, short films, if I really want to focus on acting, I have to get, um, I have to find a director. But, like, my buddy wrote a script that he wants to be done, and I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll just direct it and see how that goes and, and go from there, so. Okay. And as far as actor, I mean, you've worked with other directors before. Yes. Um, directors always have um, different approaches, mm -hmm. um, different intensities. Um, you don't have to name names, but you know, what works for you? Um, well, I, I can name some, and I don't think they would be upset. Honestly, they're all local here in, in Jersey, whether it be South or Central. Uh, you being one, you're very... Um, you've directed me in, I believe one comedic film yeah the little improv skit yeah, throwing and, halloween and and it's one of my it's one of my favorites i've done because when it's improv you're very like just it's very on the spot like let's come up with stuff so it's very much like screenwriting or something like that so that was a lot of that was a lot of fun um with uh, my friend uh, jess mealy our friend jess mealy um i've been in three films for her and Two, and they were all, you know, supporting characters. Um, one was like a 14-hour day. That was interesting. The other two were very small roles where I went in for a half day. And watching her direct was very interesting because she just, like, knows... And every director I've worked with, they just know so much of what they want. It's just interesting to see it from the opposite side of the camera. <laughs> like, she just know, Like, she just she would stop me mid monologue and be like, no, I need you to do it this way. I need you to do it that way. And <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, it was just interesting to kind of see it. Cause when you have these production meetings or these read throughs, they, they're very much like that. But when you're on set, it's like, no, we need to get this done. There's, there's a time crunch. Like it needs to be very like, Da, 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 and it makes you work harder. And you also don't want, it, it's essentially, for me, it's like being on a job interview, you know, you, and I know that might sound silly, but you come in, you perform a role, you do well, you're going to get asked to be, be in another movie by her, by them. And that's kind of what it was. I did this movie about um, a, a Christmas holiday movie <laughs> where I played this um, curmudgeon of a character who hates retail and who hates his life. 
And she loved it so much. She's like, I want to bring you back in for this, bring you back in for that. So there. And then I acted in another film, totally 360 different style. It was uh, the movie's called Slow Burn. You could find it on Vimeo um, from Basement Stair Productions. And that was a director, a camera operator, a sound operator, and one other person who was the director's father. And it was just the two actors, which was myself and the director, who just who wrote, direct, and acted. And it was the most intense type of filming I've ever. I filmed in. We filmed on and off for a year, and we filmed in the 90 degree weather of August. We filmed in the weather of January at four in the morning, where it's seven degrees. It was just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I was pushed to limits that I never, ever were pushed to before. Hmm. But I think it made me really realize I love acting and I want to pursue it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to go through something like that and to want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and you never know. You never know if it's going to be a good thing, if it's going to be no. a bad thing. That's kind of what's cool about going to set, especially for me. Like, it, you're never going to get the same day twice. No. You know, it could no, be super, no. super stressful in a good way. It could be super, super stressful in a bad way. Now, I know I keep bringing it up, and I apologize. It's just it is the last project I did. But like, little did she know. To me, you could you could re, you could say it wasn't or whatever. But to me, they were both extremely relaxed days. But there, the first day was an early, early start, and it was it, the first day we were moving. From like 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. From 6 a.m. to like 10:30 a.m. We were, duh, 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 duh. but then the rest of the day was a little more relaxed, and I, and I think those two days were very similar because we had some of the same people on set. But as you were saying, like I interned on a feature film for school, and you did not know what you were going to get once you stepped through the door. Good, bad, ugly, and that's you really have to have a lot of like self-control for that because some of these films can drive you up a wall and you can be like, I'm never doing this again. But once the film is over and you realize you go back to your normal life, you're like, I miss this completely. Sure. Yeah, set life is uh, is interesting, especially on mm -hmm. indie films because, yeah. hey, we don't do it every day. You know, it's it's an escape, but it's, it's a stressful... Uh, my chair. It's a stressful escape. But um, it's, I feel like it's a good kind of stress, um, if you want it to be. Yeah. It depends how you handle it. And, you know, talking about, you know, set life and stress and, like you said, all right, so you had an early start. Um, what do you do to not blow everything you've got um, early and keep, with, keep up with stamina the rest of the day? Is, is there... Any tips uh, you have for that or any way you've handled it or you've handled it poorly and would want to do better? <laughs> I guess just from being on set in general as an actor, director, or... Yeah, just set life, anything. All right, well, for an actor, have because you, you, you've... You've never acted, right? You, you. We don't talk about when I acted. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, sorry. I just want to, want to compare it because for me, like with acting... And I know it sounds so so like it's going to sound whatever, but like you're you're there's a lot of waiting when you're an actor. Like okay. there's a yeah. lot of waiting on set, especially if things have to be set up. 
Now, I'm not saying there's nothing to do on set, but there's just a lot of waiting around. So as an actor, when you're waiting, you can go over your lines. But if you're an, if you're an actor and you're waiting for a scene that's going to be extremely intense, that's when you have to kind of get your stamina up and you have to get hyped up. But then, like, it's really tough to come back down from that. As a director, I know you can speak from this because you direct. <laughs> um I think you're just kind of like, for me, I'm just pushing through. I'm not, I'm worried about time for the sake of not going over time, but I'm not like, oh my God, I've been on set since 7 a.m. and it's already 4 p.m. I can't even keep my eyes open. If you're a director or if you're a DP, like if you're a major key in the production, I think time doesn't matter and I think you just push through. Like, there, I think something goes in your head and I think athletes have it. I think actors have it and entertainers have it you just have to push through and get it done because if you don't you don't know what you don't know if you are promised another day with all of these people on set so would so, you say, go ahead no no go ahead, go ahead so i was gonna say it sounds like you describe acting as an anaerobic sport with lots of starts and stops and like football yeah. Yes, exactly. Like and it's a, a director is a little more um, aerobic with you have to continue and, you know, there's there's almost no slowing down. Um, yeah. The only thing I could speak to as a director is the only time you have to slow down is, you know, you make decisions all day. Mm -hmm. um, someone asks you, how do you want this shot? You know, where do you want this light? Um, all kinds of questions all yeah. kinds of questions um, and you have to feel those and the only time when those questions and decision-making stops is while you're rolling you know unless you're actively directing someone and you're gonna say shoot it without sound or anything later I typically don't direct over when people are speaking but it, I've seen certain directors do for a certain result um, so that's a point where the director can kind of recharge a little bit you know you're watching yeah. something and you know you're still making decisions in your head like i like the way this was um i didn't like the way this was maybe we could tweak this so it's a bit of a you know there are rest cycles in different places and it's funny exactly. that a director and actor would be opposite in that respect yeah. you're performing i'm analyzing um then when we call cut the director is decision making and the actor, you know, probably also decision making, but in a more passive sense. Mm hmm. But also, too, if you're not like, so if I'm acting for you hmm. and it's your project, I'm, and every actor asks this, and I think it might drive directors nuts, but like, was that good? Was that a good take? Was that good from me? Like, like I said, you just want to make sure that you're, you are portraying their character their story the way they want to they casted you for a reason so right then and there they're they're already on your side but when you're on set you just want to make sure you just want that reassurance as an actor okay i i'm gonna ask i'm probably gonna come off conceited but i just want to make sure that i was good every every time i've directed something every actor has asked me every actor has asked me how was that? There's different scales to it. Mm. There's different, you know, there's different levels to it. But every actor has asked me, 
how you doing? You know, was I good? Was I good? And how do you how do you answer those questions as a director? It it you have to answer them honestly. And yeah. I'm not, and if they if they did it bad, you you never ever it, it, from coming from me. I will never, ever, ever tell someone, God, that was awful. I might say it while I'm looking at dailies or I'm looking at footage or I'm, 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 I'm editing. I'm like, God, that was terrible. I'll say it to myself, honestly. But I will, I will, it is my job to look at that footage when all said and done and there not be a bad take because you have to give them correct notes. You know, so th- there's been times like, for the one dinner scene in Little Did You Know, I pulled the lead actress, Katie Maluski, aside, and I told her, like, this is if you want to break down, if you want to show, if you want to cry, if, like, this is your time to show me what you got, and I know you got this, so do it. And I've had all those little pep talks with them and all that. But your job as a director, too, is to still install the confidence in the actors who are clearly unconfident, and you can tell by that. And I, all actors are. But the more actors ask you, was that good, was that good, was that good, they're very self-conscious about themselves. It's, you know, it's, it's hmm. the actors that don't ask as much that might know that they're good or that, quite frankly, they don't, they don't, they don't worry about that, you know? It's a fine line, too, because you, you need the actor to be confident. You don't want them thinking, oh, I have to please this person, I'm not good enough. You can't do that, and yeah. um, a lot of times, actors they might do a performance that wasn't quite what you wanted. It doesn't mean that they're a bad actor. Um, no. You know, any actors that are watching this, it's there's a lot that can go wrong with a scene. If you're a director, yeah. if you're watching, um, if you're watching the monitor, there's even more that could go wrong because you're watching the framing. Um, you're watching the light. You're watching everything in the background. You know, if you have to do a take again, it doesn't mean that it was the actor's fault or and that's, yeah, anything yeah. like that. And at the same and, time, um, if if there's something that's not working, and I feel like it would take more than a few, more than like a word or two, um, I'll always pull an actor aside, and mm-hmm. it is not that they're doing a bad job or anything like that of that sort it's more that i want the two of us to get on the same page in a certain respect right yeah to to really i'll I'll often just pull somebody aside and if i if i if it's not a direction like um there all right so emotion when we're talking emotion yeah it can be difficult to pull someone aside if the actor is in that headspace so as a director you have to really decide do do i want to be verbose with this or do is there something that i can like give a slight slight adjustment like a word or two that's actionable yeah Um, because you definitely don't want to pull somebody aside and have them lose their focus or especially when someone's in in an emotional spot you know Mm -hmm. they could be bringing it from an actual place that they have been so you want to show the truth of that in a way that it makes sense yes yeah no that's you're completely right and i think pulling actors aside 
should happen before the scene starts, the more intense scene starts, because like you said, you don't want to pull them out from that moment, because most some actors are method. I I'm not I'm not I haven't gotten there to that level yet. I and I may never get to that level, but I think there's all different types of being method. You know, mm-hmm. I think if you're in that, if you feel like you're in this moment and it doesn't feel surreal to you or it doesn't feel real to you then you might be method and you might be in a different place or whatever. But I've, um, it's like you said, you just have to just as a director, you have to be on point with so many different things and just, you have to be able to read your cast well. And I think that's all goes into casting. Like I said before. Now, let me ask you, um, when you were directing and acting at the same time, Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you need to get yourself to a certain place and hopefully you know what your you know how to emote and you give yourself what you want but how do you manage doing that at the same time um, in addition to telling someone else, directing someone else in the scene so I think and I don't know what this would fall under but I think um rehearsing is a is a big process big part of that um i rehearsed for seven hours with my one day with the cast of uh of um some of my films and i think you have to build that relationship there now if you are a writer director actor and you're writing a significant role for yourself um you need to know that character better than you know yourself you need to know them better than you know yourself before you go into that, before you go into day one of shooting. You have to. So for Little Did She Know, the character I played, Cameron, I knew who he was from the get-go. I knew how he would react to every little thing. I knew the type of brother he was, son, you know, I just boyfriend. Like, you just knew him. Like, you knew who he was. And... Um, I think once I was able to know that, I was able to kind of just tap, tap in and out of that in each scene. So you're able to focus on, all right, this is how this character would portray this. You know, if you're writing characters who are parents, you take a little bit from your mother, your father, other people's parents. Like, you just take a little bit of that and you add into that. But if to prepare yourself to... Like Kevin Smith, he plays Silent Bob. He's standing around there, silent, <laughs> facial expressions, but he's, he, he, I don't know how much he has to focus on. His focus is more for the other actors. Hmm. Um, so, so, so and he's, Kevin Smith's a big one, like, who's a writer, director, actor as well. But sure. for me, per se, like, I, I, I need to know the character I'm playing in and out before I, I, I know, like, before I, I need to know him as just as I need to know that character just as well as I know myself, and I need to conquer that before I move forward. Because if I don't, I'm going to be trying to be like, oh, "What would Cameron or what would this character say here?" Blah, blah. You need to know that. You need to know that right away. So a lot of prep beforehand yes. on oh, that front. And, and, and I'm Mr. Prep OCD. Um, I want to, you know, I want to film this. I wanted to film this stuff yesterday. I wanted, you know, yeah. I wanted, I wanted. I Mister, I need to get stuff done, and and there are ebbs and flows in in art and filmmaking where 
you know, your overnight success might take 12 years or like this film to get made might take seven extra months. So in that time, be ready, but also prepare yourself for the film to possibly happen tomorrow. Um, but like, just prepare yourself and pre make sure your cast and your actors are prepared because, you know, not for nothing, I've never, and I'm not just saying this, I've never worked with a, a shitty actor before, excuse my language, I've never directed an actor who um, was bad. I really haven't. I can, I can confidently say that. They've all, they've all focused, and, it's, it's, and I love to see it because it's not Hollywood filmmaking, it's indie filmmaking. They're not getting paid as much as, as Robert Downey Jr. or Brad Pitt. So that for them to come to your set for your project very well prepared and well equipped, that should give you the confidence as a producer or director right there that they give a crap about what you're making. And I think everyone told me about my latest project. <clears throat> they could see I cared about it, so they wanted to work just as hard. So if you show that you care, like other people are going to care. And I think that's <laughs> that's – at the at the I guess you know the the meat and bones of it all or whatever you want to call it that's the that's the most important thing is to make sure you pick people who care like you mentioned before in college you just people weren't on your side and it just kind of sucked prepare 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 mm -hmm. um, okay um, Christopher Rangio is a North Jersey filmmaker um yeah, between north and central right would you say yeah okay. yeah so you know depends where... on who you're asking in new jersey <laughs> right all right yeah i know that game um <laughs> uh where can he rob runs cosmic stew productions and where can we view your stuff uh you can just go to youtube and go uh, type in christopher rangio i don't have any i haven't made a cosmic stew page just yet um, but yeah, just type in Christopher Arangio. Um, you should see my, my YouTube page there. Um, I have projects from college. I have Little Did She Know up there. I have behind the scenes of Little Did She Know, where Andrew's featured in. Um, and uh, my next few projects will be going under that page. So yeah. Um, and as for any other projects I might be in, um, check out Pro Video. Check out This Jess. Um, check out Basement Air Productions. I'm in those films I mentioned in, the, in previous videos and whatnot. And I'll have links to those in the description. So, Chris, thank you so much for going indie depth with us. Oh, man, thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. I love talking about this stuff. I could talk about it for hours. So, Thanks again. Christopher Rangio, director, actor, writer. <laughs>